You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 220 of PHP Ugly. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me this lovely night is John Congdon. We have so much great content for tonight. I am so excited about this one. Oh, God, really? And Thomas Rideout. Oh, God, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a live wire heavy show I'm no telling you. no no I've it's not live wire oh. you've got to appreciate this come on oh, okay All getting right. getting I the beer start. getting the beer i'm not gonna i'm not john you seemed excited i'm gonna let you start because i'm gonna go just crazy on live wire because it's you guys, you know what? Never mind. I'm not talking about Livewire. I don't want you guys to know about Livewire. It's my little magic potion now. You guys can't have any. John, start. No, no I'm not going to start. We've got, I've got lots of great stuff as far as I've been excited about this week, the past week, the stuff I've been doing. I've been tweeting more, which is weird, very weird, but been been doing mm-hmm. that. So I figured we'll let Thomas go first because we both seem to be excited about our weeks. I you you want to talk about LiveWire? I want to talk about mm-hmm. s- some testing and code with me and event sourcing and uh, something coming in the mail that you're gonna love, Eric, soon. So we got tons of stuff okay. to get to. Thomas, Let's how was do you? It. Thomas, you you're probably the most boring of us all. You go ahead and get started. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been interesting. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it's just like things just feel better. Like I'm just more optimistic lately. I don't know what it is exactly. Uh, oh yeah. No kidding. Right. There was a pre- there was a press conference and like, I didn't feel the need to fact check everything and didn't get anxiety. <laughs> Listen, as a matter of fact, I almost got a little bored listening. To right. It. It was, right. It was bizarre. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, that's been really nice. Just having like normal sleep. I got, I got to, sh- my kids being six and four were way into it, way into the inauguration. We, we sat down at night with them and watched most of it and then picked it back up this morning. One of my favorite things on Reddit was what kids think is happening. Like one kid thought that swearing in meant that Joe Biden was going to go up and, and list off all the swear words that he knew. <laughs> <laughs> or that would have been way uh, much better yeah or the the uh the girl that thought that the the new president was lady gaga Aww. that's cute wait listen I, I i'd like to maybe start talking about something interesting not that that wasn't interesting i'm i'm very happy we're at a turning point in this country i'm hoping but uh we had a i don't know who put Dimitri on the payroll, but the guy did like a hard marketing push for our YouTube channel this week. And I think and, we, and I think we got, and got us like five. And we got got us like five more subscribers. Got us like look at this. We're we're up to two oh eight. Nice. Two oh eight. Wow. I think I think I think eight of those are, are hips. But so I, smash I that subscribe that, button now stop, while you're listening to us. Don't 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 say it. Just stop. And the bell icon. But I realized. I realized something last week when I was editing because, you know, 
we really don't care that much about it. <laughs> but <laughs> you guys were talking about how 300 was like this important number to get to. And I realized, I'm like, you know, I think what they're thinking about is 300,000. Like, I think 300 is really nothing. <laughs> no, no, there was a, a thing around that number. So at probably not anymore, but in the early days, YouTube actually counted the number of views. And then when you got the 300, it, it like was screwed up or something for some amount of time. Just, okay. just 300, not No, no, no. So, so because YouTube had mostly low count, videos of people sharing things to their family then they had one algorithm that was fast that said this counts as a view when you open the video it counts as a view when you got over 300 they switched you over to a different algorithm that checked where you watched it what the watch length was if you skipped any parts of it if the thing was muted it it had all these extra checks it's, it's not that important i don't really care i just thought we had made a mistake Getting all excited about the number three hundred, not like not like we're even close to three hundred, but uh, I'm like I don't really think three hundred does anything. I don't think there's any, any difference there at all. It it so, was. I don't I, know if it still is. Can I talk live wire yet? Or do you guys have more boring stuff you want to do? Because I kind of got live wire stuff. Kind of want to talk about our sponsor level Patreon. Well, I saw that. In tri- what is that? I that I, I talked I to you about that, but nothing set up yet. Maybe, yeah. What about the sponsor level? We don't have a sponsor level. I, nobody's going to sponsor the show, Thomas. Get it through your head. Well, somebody somebody messaged me on Twitter and was like, hey, it I want to talk to you. It about- happens all the time. Well, I didn't know that. That's only ever happened to me that one time. And I felt very good about it until Eric was like, yeah, that's not true. Also, I'm currently peeing on your birth certificate. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> They don't want to. They don't want to sponsor us. They just want free free coverage. And yeah, uh, felt felt real good it, about that. It, it's often a tit for tat, like, "Hey, you mention us, we'll mention you," type of thing. It's very yeah. very or, rarely a monetary exchange. We'll write blog posts for your blog. I'm like, we don't we don't have a blog. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. Fine, yeah. not worth it's talking cute. about it's, again. It's cute. No, it's cute. It's cute that you think we're significant enough that people want to give us money to talk about their products. But honestly, let's have a conversation about that just for a quick second so everybody can get on the same page. Would you actually feel comfortable with that? Like if if digital well, I don't want to say digital ocean because that's actually a product we we use and I would feel confident talking about that. If somebody came in on a product that we don't use, let's say Microsoft came to us and said, Hey, we we like you guys to promote VS Code. VS Code is a legit tool in our industry. A lot of people use it. None of us use it. Would you guys want want to do that? Would Would you do a sponsorship like that? Because I don't think I would. I mean, this is not a thing, right? I mean, right. this is just us getting together talking. We're not making money doing this. But, it, you know, Thomas, I don't I, know. You seem like you have more ambition than we do in, in, in that industry, <laughs> in, that, well, in that field. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have no problem. I have no problem sponsoring or, or promoting things that, that I don't use as long as I still get to talk about those things if something comes up in the news or as long as I can talk honestly about my experiences. I mean, I follow the, the Linus Tech Tips model of, of sponsorship, which is like, hey, as long as we don't hear that you guys are using slave labor in China, then we'll cover you. But the moment we hear you're using slave labor, like we're going to report that on our podcast. I, I'm in agreement with you, Eric. Like, 
one, we're, we're insignificant, but two, I, I'd want to promote things that I use. And well, Which we do I, think, I think we all know VS using your example, we all know VS Code is a great product, but none of us really use it. And I feel like a hypocrite in that regard. Well, but you guys, but, you, you're but talking about like a- We could take that to JetBrains and be like, hey, uh, Microsoft wants us to, but we use your product. First off, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't feel like a hypocrite, but it's just not something that interests me. I mean, like I said, this is us talking, three friends getting together, talking about our you know, development week. And, and shocked every week when we find politics. other people are listening to us. And and you say yeah. we're you say we're not, you know, a big deal, but you're you're discounting the fact that we're over a thousand views on some of our episodes. We've got two hundred or so I on don't the think so. Yeah, our our PHP eight deep dive has seven hundred and fifty two downloads, and it's got two hundred on two hundred something views on YouTube. But 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 you understand how insignificant that is in YouTube world, right? Sure, but I mean, but in it's really nothing. We're a like, micro focused have- podcast. I mean, it's more people than yeah. I've I've ever met. <laughs> I don't know. I got to do the go up and say hi to people, Thomas. You got to. I don't want to tell you. No, I don't want okay. to do that. I mean, it's not a it's not a big thing we need to get into. I was just curious. Like I said, I never <laughs> thought of the sh- I never I never even think of it as a show, really. I just think of it as us and uh, elaborating. I right. uh, must be nice. But, let's talk about this. <laughs> got, must be I nice. Got, you like hanging out with me so much. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do it weekly. <laughs> Maybe you want to Jay sponsor Hinkle. the show. Oh wait, you guys do sponsor Jay the show. Hinkle really wants to hear about Livewire. I'm just saying. He, I think he's wanting to sponsor well, the show just, to talk about Livewire. Just, just, just wait on Livewire. I'm sure it's going to be fascinating. Sure. If you want to go, like, make a sandwich or go watch a 45 minute <laughs> show, we'll get to it eventually. It'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, we're, I we're going to do it like a real podcast, hey, Hinkle. We're going to. It's going to be the last thing we talk about the other year. We're just going to be thinking about it through the whole show and just keep you around until the very end. Before we get to the live wire stuff, I at least need to understand what the story is with the baby goats. Baby goats, freaking baby goats, man. Yeah, and talking about. Fact, she, she's over here because you don't follow me. We're not true friends. You don't look at my Twitter <laughs> feed or anything. Still blocked um, on Twitter. Okay. To, to be fair, I don't look at anybody's Twitter feed. <laughs> Still Baby freaking goats. So uh, where we live in Southern California, it's called the country and the city. It's very hokey. Like just this morning when I took the dog to the park, there was people riding horses. Uh, one of my kid's friends has a farm here and they have goats and they had a bunch of them that were pregnant. Oh, I did see that. And giving birth. And so they called up. They said, hey, you know, uh, the goats are are giving birth. Do you guys want to come up here? And so we went up there and they were popping out and they were handing them to us. And they were soft and they were were goofy little goats. And and baby goats are awesome, man. It was very cute. I was just making sure you didn't, like, skip out on the aquaculture thing and go straight to having goats. (laughs) Which I know for a fact you tried to do and your wife said no. Oh no! It would be the other way. The wife wants wants goats way more than I do. I uh yeah no uh we don't have the room for a goat. That's just what I keep telling her. It's like we have no room for a goat, and I don't know what I would do with a goat. So, but it was fun. It, the the uh the wife is already arranging to go over there to help him feed the goats. Um, yeah, baby goats. If you haven't seen my wife, actually posted a better picture than I posted on the 
on Twitter, but that baby you saw. That's why like I saw your wife post 30 it. minutes old. Yeah. That baby was, that, that goat was like, come on, that was funnier old. than that. It was that. so soft. So that was, that was, that's that the deal with baby goats. All right. Uh, get to hey, the, let's, the... Give, let's give John some time here. He He's trying yeah. to go somewhere. Well, not necessarily, but I am. Eric and I tested out code with me just like you guys did. Fantastic product. I mean, it, it's still in beta. It's still, you know, polishing that can be done. And, you know, we have our, our issues with it, mostly around plugins, right? Because it opens mm. up. Uh, Thomas, you had a different experience. You swear it opened up in, in PHP Storm, not in a separate no. client, right? No, I got a separate client too. But oh. mine looked oh. the same as my PHP Storm. Okay, that's different. I had that same experience. Mine looked the same. I got the I got dark mode. It looked similar, but it doesn't have the plugins pre-installed. Mm. And they're clear huh. that... You can install plugins that affect the IDE, but not that affect the code, right? I think that was the case. Was that the case? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so is that why the Vim one wasn't working? Because it was considered affecting the code? No, I thought I thought that was working when you installed it, but it uninstalled well, when you relaunched it. That's what happened, yeah. So I could install it and it would but it would go away the next time I made a connection. Like I think right. I think if we kept the same connection it would work, but then it would next time I launch it was gone. Yeah. Right. Which is which is a pain, especially if you want lots of different plugins. But we're we're assuming they're gonna keep working on it. It's eventually gonna be a paid product. I assume. I assume too. Yeah, I don't, don't think so. Do. No, it's it they made it clear. I, I'll have to find John, the blog did- post. Didn't you also mention that it's actually an open platform, so it might not even be tied specifically to PHP Storm? The protocol is open, so it's not a protocol. PHP. They want they will probably have a service that right now you connect to their servers and everything goes through there, but they make it where you can host your own servers, and then the protocol is an open source thing. Interesting. So, so I mean, I, I imagine... That that means maybe like VS, you, you know, one person could be on PHP Storm, the other person could be on VS Code, maybe. But I don't know how that would work. But maybe I don't yeah. know. I will I will find that link and and throw it in there because it was fascinating. The fact that they they have a open protocol for it. Mm. I'm hoping they fix up yeah. this this. They call it a lightweight client that downloads automatically. I'm hoping they they keep investing in making that better. I'm telling you guys, we we need to start doing some live coding on the show. Like we talk about it all the time, but now that we we can all like be in one kind of code base, we should start doing some. I I could show you live wire. What did I say? Live wire. <laughs> <laughs> the, the yes, the hard part is you can't do it with. <clears throat> code that you're working on for work you can do it if you're doing some sort of demo getting i would do Argus. yeah i guess yeah, i guess we you can to a point yeah i mean ex- especially especially like the live wire stuff i'm talking about where i'm just re- refactoring forms it's it, there's no secret sauce there it's it's pretty simple stuff right but i oh but so, something you do have to be aware of that john and i discovered is you have to ex- wait no did, did we have to explicitly exclude the .env file, or did it do yes. .dat files by default? Well, we ne- we didn't really test it. You you have the ability to allow editing of any file, and then you can exclude specific files. But you couldn't do .star right. that we saw. All right. Yeah. So that's true. there's more. 
there's more to be discovered. We should have tried it without you specifically denying .env first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because may, maybe the dot did, files are already done. We did discover that if you give them full access, even though you, you stay in the IDE editor, John was able to open up a terminal and just do anything he wanted on my system. So I did, you know, I I did type R... Yeah, I did type rm space dash rf <laughs> dot. Actually, I cd the slash first and then typed it. <laughs> he kind of freaked out a little bit. So, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool stuff. I mean, I, I think I hope it's going to be handy. Like, I, I hope it gets easy enough to launch. I mean, it, it's almost there now, where it's almost as easy as like doing a Skype call or doing a um, a Slack call. I was going to say on their FAQs, the service provider for Code With Me is available in both IntelliJ IDEA Ultimate and Community Edition and is free of charge during the EAP, during the Early Access Program. So mm-hmm. reading that, you it leads you to believe they're going to yeah. for it. And I found a blog post where they said we're, we're trying to figure out the pricing plans for various IDE licenses. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, it'll just be something that you know, like I said, it, as easy as calling up something in Slack. You just you know call them up through PHP Storm. You, you share your code base. You work through things. I, I'd like to see at the very cool. least that the student edition gets it for free because that's one of the places where it makes a lot of sense to be a free product. <sighs> They're pretty good at that stuff. Yeah. Open source yeah. community. They, they've always done <clears throat> free free tiers for those open source you know, those groups. Has there been any drama in open source lately? There's always drama in open always. source. Always. I, I before you move on to that, I did share the link to the uh, the open open source protocol that they developed for this ah, nice. called RD. What drama oh. happened in open source? What are you? Referring I to? I don't want to get into that yet. I want to hear. I mean, Eric is is I can hear his teeth grinding. Uh, <laughs> something something is bothering him. He has to talk about it. Does that bother me? I love it, man. I, f- I hey, flipping you- love Livewire. I- I'm swear. Hey, do I you guys use God, Pastebin? If you guys <laughs> just tried Livewire, it would it would change your whole development workflow. I don't I mean, use Laravel, so I can't. Well, I can't help you then, John. You're 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 a lost you're a lost cause. I uh I started refactoring the uh those forums in Argus, and you, you know my my real world implementation of Livewire has really been I've done a couple searches uh, like the Argus uh, FAQ search is a Livewire component. Uh, I've gone through a couple of the tutorials on uh, the Livewire site, and uh, Laracast actually has one as well. But Argus was my first time where I I, I wanted to do something very complex. Um, and basically what, what it is is when you go to edit one of your cron jobs, so you create a cron job, when you go to edit it, uh, you have an, uh, an option to add webhooks for notification. And Wait, what is Argus? Uh, I keep forgetting. Damn it, John. How many times do we have to talk about Argus.to? The simplest cron monitoring service on the internet. You don't have to install software. I need to talk slower so Thomas can bring it up. It's a cloud-based cron job monitoring solution, John, and it's awesome. Oh. It's awesomely easy. Gotcha. Thank you. Got I was it. So confused. Yeah, you're welcome. I should have. I should have. Uh, I should have put together a little uh, 
presentation of what I'm what I'm working on. But uh, but yeah, so so I'm I'm refactoring the forms, which the original developer did all in view, which at the time seemed like a good idea. But like when I took a step back and looked at it, I don't understand the view components. It's it where I, I'll keep saying it. View is great if you're a JavaScript developer. View is is definitely a way to go. But unless you're using it for a spa, if your page has to refresh, why are you using it? Like maybe some real time validation prop, possibly. But the developer wasn't even doing that. He had just built all the forms in view. And I'm not throwing him under the bus. This all went through code review. At the time, it seemed like a good idea. I'm like, okay, this all looks good. And I signed off on it. So that's that's what that is. But it's not doing what I wanted to do. So you know, what I wanted to do is I wanted to, so that when they added webhooks, the existing webhook panel would update with all your webhooks without updating the whole page, without having to resave the whole page. So that's what I started refactoring. I'm like, okay, this seems like I can do this piece in Livewire. And you know, I I I got the one piece working, which was the add the add a new webhook piece. I'm like, okay, now I want them to be able to edit or not edit, but I want them to be yeah, edit their existing webhooks as far as what notifications they want to hit that webhook and be able to delete it. And, th- and this is where things went off the rails for me because of my lack of experience and overthinking what live I was doing. So I tried to keep it all in one component. And of course, now I know it's like, oh shit, you know, these should be separate components. And I can actually have one component fired an event to another component. And that's what I should do. So I'm going to get back into that and, and refactor. And like I said, probably start refactoring all the forms that are on uh, Argus to be live wire forms because it's just so beautiful. But what I ended up doing this week and what has me so excited, I've been talking to you guys about um, working with a client who has me working through this web tool that they want to update these uh, the, the, this information that they feed this third party. And, and there's a big, there's a disconnect of how quickly they get the information and how, how it gets up on the system. So, you know, essentially it's like, Hey, can you create a, uh, a API endpoint or something? And I'm like, okay, let me do that. And I was doing, I was using Alpine JS, which is written by uh, Caleb, uh, who also does Livewire. And I, I was, you know, kind of doing it through JavaScript and I, I was explaining that to, to you guys. And, it, you know, it worked pretty easy. Alpine JS is, is another thing that's just so stupid simple. Even I can understand it. it. It's so crazy. And I got that basic piece working, but then, you know, it's like, okay, well, now we want pagination. We want to be able to say, okay, you know, show me per page. 50 or 10 or whatever. And so I'm like, shit, man, I got to make endpoints for this. I got to be able to pass variables back. And, and I just didn't feel like doing it. So I, uh, so yesterday he said, you know, the, the, the client said, if you want to use data tables, go ahead and use data tables. And I'm like, God damn, I definitely don't want to use data tables in JavaScript world because I struggled enough with data tables with the PHP package. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to do this. And I'm like, I wonder if I, I bet you I could do this in Livewire. Like if, if we can put an iframe on there, I bet you I could do this in Livewire. Not only did I do it in Livewire, Caleb had a tutorial on data tables with Livewire. I rewrote the entire thing in like four hours. And that was even that was even longer than, than it needed to be. I gotta show you guys this data table link. I mean, 
what I did in four hours with Livewire is sick. It's ridiculously sick. Well, okay, and share the all link. The features, all right, I'll share the link with you, but 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 you can't you can't stream the link. First, first thing, I gotta get Ingrat going, but yeah. Oh well, well, yeah, no. don't do it. I thought, I thought you were gonna share the link to the 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 how to. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh no, I can I can definitely share share the link to the how how to. Uh, but uh, long story short, we we now sponsored Livewire from Diego Dad. We became an official sponsor. <laughs> He's joking. So Caleb, I, uh, I, st- I still don't I'm understand. not joking. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh. I, I, I still don't understand the the auto update. So is it doing an Ajax poll? Like, is it constantly it's asking? Doing job- no, 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 no. It, it's, it, it's implementing the exact same patterns that GitHub has, where it, it, it's, just, it's just doing DOM refreshes of segments of the HTML. And he actually he actually demonstrates this uh, on one of the videos. I'll I'll see if you can find it and send it to you. But I think he did the same demo for us at SDPHP when he presented for us at SDPHP. Yeah, it's the one I missed. <laughs> <laughs> did you really miss that one? I, it was around the time my son was born, so I missed. I was out Ugh. for for a bit. You and your freaking priorities, man! Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, but, so yeah, have so, you been so, have you been tracking uh, how many requests it's making? Because that's my concern. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I, you, you totally track it. I mean, if you open up your network panel, you see. Is it, how many is it all, making? It doesn't make any. Well, the way I have, way I'm using it, it doesn't make any unless I click a button. So if I if I click okay. a button to submit a form, it'll make. And all it does is again replace. It just replaces. Oh, so it's not auto refresh. So it's not auto refresh. You, you can no, you can you can have it auto refresh. There there are things to have it do automatically, and you can set the time on that. Like. For example, so the big um, the big thing is it's replacing a section of the DOM versus the the entire page refreshing. Here, pull pull up. Yes, I'll I'll show you an example of an auto refresh for you as well, Thomas. Let, let's do this live. Let's do it live because it's just so awesome. Go back to Argus.to. I promise you, I promise you, this is this is really cool. And then and then just go to the uh, just go to the FAQs. Okay, that huge search bar bar at the top, that's a live wire component. So don't do anything right now. But uh, go ahead and pull up your inspector. So do a right click and inspector and click on network. All right. So when you have that, uh, start doing a search. And you'll see. I, I think I have a defer on there where it actually let it actually waits for a little while between uh, key clicks. But you'll you'll see the network request, and then when when you do that, uh, let me see what it is. If you click on one of them, you and click on response, you see that that HTML. In the yeah, yeah, you have a slight defer on there. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just so beautiful. It's so smoothly implemented. It, it's it's actually pretty damn awesome. Oh. <clears throat> it's it's. Eh. But but uh, yeah, I, I, I'll I'll share with you guys. Like I said, there, there's proprietary client data on there, so definitely don't share it on the st- stream. But I'll I'll send you guys the data table I created in like three to four hours, and oh my god, I, I'm just so excited with how. Much I'm learning from Livewire, and like I said, now that I'm getting into it, it's like yes, this is such a perfect, perfect solution, and it's just so nice. And like I said, it's me, it's my thing. I'm not a JavaScript guy, so this allows me to stay in my comfort zone of PHP, and I still get that like real time 
updates and no page refreshes and things like that. My God, you guys have got to get on this live wire bandwagon, man. I'm telling you, I, this thing, this, this package right here will keep me in the Laravel ecosystem for at least another couple of years. And, and this package right here is an example of a package that terrifies me that the, the maintainer is just going to abandon it one day. Like if somebody <laughs> abandons Livewire right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my shit. But yeah. I, I I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you Livewire. I, I I guess until I see it, I don't know, but it you're not what you're describing to me isn't blowing me away. <laughs> I mean it's it's not I mean it's not a paradigm shift. It's just it's just JavaScript. It's all stuff you right. can do today in JavaScript. It's just as a PHP developer, it allows me to stay in that comfort zone and I'll show you the code as well. Uh John, you're gonna I mean it, we're gonna have a good exercise when I redo Argus because we can see the view code and see the Livewire code and how, as a PHP developer, how much cleaner the Livewire code looks. Yeah, that I will, be, into- I will be interested in seeing when, when that PR is ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's it, it, even now, like going in and trying to figure out all the different view uh, files and, you know, where properties are defined and where things are coming from and going to, it just seems so... It can it can seem overwhelming, disconnected to me because it just doesn't seem to make logic logical sense. But for some reason, it makes perfect sense in li- in Livewire to me because they just look like. And one of the things that's helped me is before I started using Livewire, I had already converted over to using Laravel Blade components. So I don't do like at includes anymore. I use Laravel Blade comp- components and, and do things that way. Um, so Livewire just kind of. Livewire is basically a Laravel blade component that has JavaScript behind it. And it's, it just all just really clicks really well for me. So I'm getting, I'm getting deeper into it. One of the reasons why we sponsored Caleb, to be completely honest with you, first thing I wanted to sponsor him because we're using his package. I want to say something else about sponsorships as well, if you're curious, but uh, some of the videos that he had, he was only offering to people who uh, GitHub sponsors. <clears throat> so that was another reason because I was getting so deep into it. I'm like, I wanted that on the topic of GitHub sponsorship, which by the way, did you sponsor the PHP unit developer, John? You did. No, we, I did X, I did X debug. That's who we were talking about sponsoring was X debug. And I went in there. I'm like, Hey, that's weird. We're, we're, we're sponsoring PHP unit as well. You mixed them up. Didn't you? I haven't done anything on GitHub sponsorship. I, t- well, I turned so, it so off. Via, I turned off X debug via, uh, patreon because we we switched over to the github oh okay maybe i did maybe i did maybe i did sign up for the uh for php unit then yeah well caleb's in there now here here put the you can you can show this on the screen thomas uh, i'll put it in the chat oh, can i there you go i think so i think I, th- I think that's a public page that's who we're sponsoring now um but if you're interested in sponsoring or or if you're if you're interest if you work for a company that's interesting in sponsoring people through GitHub, uh, I did stumble onto a pretty cool tool that you can get into where GitHub will let you know what packages you use most in your repo, and you know obviously say okay these are good people to sponsor because these are the packages you use. Now that doesn't that doesn't help you with like Xdebug, PHP Unit, and those developers that you don't typically include their package 
uh, in in all your projects, but but they do have little breakdowns that you can do to say, hey, this is the package you use the most, and it even it even does dependencies. So like I, I forget the packages that we use the most, I didn't, didn't even recognize. So they must have been dependencies of dependencies, sort of things. But hmm. yeah, it's cool, man. Um, if you if you ever want to do that, uh, or if you're working for an organization that's interested in doing that, there's a way to kind of make sure you're sponsoring people who are deserving. So okay. Uh, that that was my Livewire rant. We're not done with Livewire, man. Livewire is coming back harder and harder. I'm telling you. Okay, I so that link well, I can share with you guys. You, I, sh- I before we move on, I shared with Eric. I I I watch YouTube off on the side often, and I follow Ali Spagnola, and she did a video recently on how she accidentally became Bitcoin rich, and I learned through her. <laughs> I had learned through her video that Bitcoin shot up to $40,000 per Bitcoin. Her whole story was how somebody gave her a single Bitcoin to do some artwork a long time ago, and it was worth $50 at the time, and now it's worth $40,000. And I was just like, whoa, it jumped astronomically. I mean, it's jumped four times since last year when I bailed out of it because i had some other plans for the money that i never followed through on well i i guarantee you i have like a hard drive somewhere worth a half million dollars (laughs) just somewhere in my like pile of garbage did did you see the guy that was on the today show he's like he can't remember his password to his bitcoin worth a quarter million dollars and no no worth three million dollars what the one i saw was it was worth a quarter million dollars and he he had like two chances left on his password. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. You don't have a for your for your keys. You don't have a like a number a limit on how you guess your password because you're not going through a server, <laughs> no. right? Oh yeah, for your local key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for your private key, you don't unless. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Thomas, a German-born programmer living in San Francisco, has two guesses left to figure out a password that is worth as of this week. About two hundred and twenty million dollars. <laughs> Maybe it was a quarter billion when I saw. It. I don't know. So it is a it is a quarter yes. billion dollars. He holds his wallet holds seven thousand and two bitcoin. I wonder why the two the two guesses left. Because what he has is an iron key wallet, which is an external hard drive that requires a password to authenticate, and it has a hard lock of two password guesses. And where I got the $3 million from is that he's offering $3 million to anyone who can help him. <laughs> if I could help him, I'd be like, wait, you get $220 million and you're going to give me three? Yes. If I can help you, we're going 50-50. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're, you're SOL <laughs> without uh, me. So. Yeah, and this article is written on the 12th, which means it's actually worth significantly more now. Probably almost double, so it's almost a half a billion now. What's it up to right now? I, I'm wondering if if messages like this in the news drives the price up or down. I don't think it matters. I think the there's. Thank you, Roger. So it's thirty one thousand now. Uh, when I saw I it, it was thirty five, and when she talked about it, it was forty. So it's it's dropping like a rock right now. I'll share. I'll share it in the chat. My little uh, curl command for Bitcoin. This this wasn't supposed to be a big Bitcoin conversation. This was trying to lead into one of Thomas's stories. Well, 
<laughs> we got way off the rails. It's more interesting than my stories. Um, we, we have a, there's a quite a bit of drama going on. Um, what kind of drama? Quite a bit of open source drama. Uh, <clears throat> so Eric has here an article. The headline, the headline of which is Elasticsearch and Kibana are now business risks, which I'm so sick of people clickbaiting their headlines or just not thinking them out for longer than an hour. A headline in journalism has some time behind it. In blogs, it's just like, nope, if I were to summarize my opinion into half a sentence. <laughs> so... I'm kind of sick of that, but the the issue here is that Elasticsearch has changed their license from uh, open source Apache V2 to the SSPL license, the server side public license. Uh, Apache V2 basically says, do what you want. Uh, if you distribute modified code, you have to, or if you distribute modified executables, you have to disclose what you changed. Uh, anything else on top of that is all, all yours. Don't worry about it. Um, no obligation for support, stuff like that. The server-side public license essentially says uh, it's free for you to use on your server, but you may not provide access to that server to provide this software. Mm. Uh, this is specifically targeted at cloud hosting services like AWS. Um, and Elasticsearch was trying to work with AWS according to their blog post. And AWS was like, no, we're not. We're going to sell AWS Elasticsearch, which is a different product, which has Elasticsearch plus our own proprietary code. And we're not going to give you the proprietary code back. And well, we're not going to give you credit. Um, that goes against the license itself, doesn't it? If you add to... No, because they're not distributing the binary. They're providing access to the binary. They're not. They're not selling Elasticsearch. They're selling a server running Elasticsearch, and they're they are adding to it. Yeah, I, I I thought even if you added to it for your own purpose, you weren't allowed to. You had to contribute it back. That is a very strict GPL license, not the Apache license. Uh, and that's that's one of the ones that like nobody uses because it's such a a dangerous thing to require. So did you happen to see the other the 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 article that AWS released like a half hour like, ago? Or no, I, I just saw it in your. So the I'll say this: Elasticsearch responded and said, "Hey, we didn't want to do this, but we're forced to do it. It's not a business risk for people who run Elasticsearch server because we're not after you. We're after the Amazon people. We're after the people who are trying to stand on our shoulders and not give us credit." Uh, not end users, uh, which this was posted on Reddit and the Reddit comments varied widely from, well, the license is not clearly written enough to specify that all the way to, it's funny that you're saying this because you stole Elasticsearch and its components from someone else, <laughs> which is like, oh, there's a, there's a deeper, darker story here. Um, and I guess the reason that Elasticsearch and Kibana are being are being referenced together is that Elasticsearch is doing to Kibana what uh, they're claiming Amazon did is doing to them. There's there's lots oh, really? of yeah, there's lots of open source <laughs> credit taking and infighting. Um, the the 
the founder of Elasticsearch uh, applied for a trademark of Elasticsearch in 2013 in sort of preparation for this kind of warfare. And AWS just kind of said, hey, fuck you, we don't care. And the lawyers were like, hey, it's, you know, it's a trademark. They can reference the trademark because it's running on their server. And that's fair use of the trademark. So sorry. sorry. And then not not only that, but then if I understood the article correctly, AWS is coming out with their own open distro for Elasticsearch. And it's called open distro for Elasticsearch. So they're using Elasticsearch in their in their implementation i believe that this was the final straw for the elastic search guy where they were going to they were going to release a distro specifically for their version of elastic search um, they do all the time the aws has their own distro of linux they have their own distro of mysql yeah and don't get me wrong their own distro of elastic search aws's business practices with open source are sometimes very, very underhanded and rough. They they haven't always been the good guy. Um, sometimes they are. I, I bet, yeah, I bet, I, yeah, probably. But I, 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 I think I, I think Amazon. I think AWS is an example of a company taking advantage of a open source ecosystem and not. In, in you know contributing back the way they should be especially AM, aws <laughs> you know well, we just talked about sponsoring uh developers i mean we're a small development studio we 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 dish out a couple bucks here and there but it's a lot of money to us at the end of the year because we we're not making aws money there's no reason aws you know can't be a little bit more proactive with some of these communities with code, with finances. And I don't know, I should, I should not call them out because I, I honestly don't know what they do in those areas today. I, I should look that up, but just to say Amazon taking companies, taking open source products and not contributing back is a real problem with the open source ecosystem. And yeah, it's, yeah, like I said, I, I want to continue buying into Livewire, but, if Livewire, if if you know, if that really just becomes one, well, let's take Laravel for example. Sure, Laravel's big enough now where if Taylor decided he wasn't going to maintain it anymore, others would step up. But you would immediately get fr- fragmentation, right? I mean, there would be all these different versions based off the Laravel framework, and you know, all these different maintainers who might may or may not have a reputation in the community that you, know, you want to go to and they would all start to go in different directions. Um, you know, that's, that's a real problem in, in open source ecosystem. Yeah. And when you, when you have companies like AWS, they really need to do their role if the, if they are going to continue to profit off open source. Well, but see right, now I'll get off my soapbox. That's the, that's the interesting thing about what AWS has, has come out and said they're doing here is, they just said, okay, shrugged their shoulders and forked Elasticsearch under the Apache license and said, okay, we'll maintain it now. Right. And like, yeah, I, they win. Yeah. That's And that's and, what's and, intended and, to and, happen and, with open source is that when the license okay, changes. It's happened before. That's why we have MarinaDB, right? When Oracle purchased uh, Sun, everybody freaked out. And not knowing the the fate of MySQL and not trusting Oracle, rightfully so at the time, not trusting Oracle to keep it open source, to keep it free, uh, a bunch of core MySQL contributors forked it and said, okay, here's another version called MariaDB. That's pure open source. And maybe because of that, MySQL is still a thing. 
maybe because of that, my sequel didn't go away. It's hard to say, but in hindsight today, it might not have been needed. To, you know that that might not have been needed to be done. No, but I again, never thought about no it that telling. way. Right? If Maria yeah. DB wasn't there, would would Oracle have done something different? I think they would have personally. But that's, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. While we're talking about open source. If you use open source, don't be a dick in the community. Did you see the the tweet from Joe Ferguson at, yet this week? No, no. He awesome guy maintains open source packages, especially around Homestead, he, he, right? He homebrew, or yeah, Homestead, Homestead. I'm sorry, homebrew. Yeah, and, and probably others. But somebody came to him and you know opened an issue, and there's a very clear guideline if you use open source products enough, especially the bigger ones, there's a way to contribute or not contribute a way to open an, an issue. And I guess somebody opened an issue and didn't follow the guidelines. And he said, you didn't do it right, you know, and closed it. And then they, you know, they were berating and was like, no, you have to fix this. And it's like, <laughs> you're not paying for this. It's open source. Nobody has to do jack shit. And like, and they opened a, a second issue and again, didn't follow the right, template and didn't follow the guidelines close it again and i think joe even said it wasn't even a real issue so i don't know any more details other than what was tweeted out but if you're using free stuff don't be a jerk you're not entitled to support you're not paying for support follow the guidelines people want to generally want to help you're not owed anything yeah and if you're if you're ever curious joe ferguson does hang out in the php ugly discord channel so he he is he's actually very active in there i I love seeing that guy pipes in yeah uh before i go into my next uh uh, at length debatable open source combat uh, i'd just like to say uh our our official statement on php ugly is uh Employees are, are free to express concerns about Nazis. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to say thank you to our Patreons, but you went in a completely different direction. <laughs> Very different direction. <laughs> uh, during the uh, incident on January 6th in D.C., an employee of GitHub had, had messaged out, uh, uh, everyone be safe out there uh, and be careful of the Nazis. And... GitHub decided that this was inappropriate uh, language okay. and fired the employee who happened uh, happened okay. happened to be Jewish. Okay. Uh, they uh, his 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 what, message. What, did they, they say it was hate speech or something, or what was the so, reason for firing him? His message was in the GitHub, the internal GitHub Slack. Uh, Stay safe, homies. Nazis are about. And uh, HR apparently said it was untasteful conduct for the workplace and fired him uh, for patterns of behavior. Uh, A lot of GitHub employees got very upset about this and GitHub was forced to respond uh, to apologize, offer the employee their job back and compensation as well as make the official statement, employees are free to express concern about Nazis. Which I appreciate, but I also don't want to go so far as to say free speech, because people convolute the oh, yeah. free speech all the no. time and annoys the crap out of me. Not a free speech issue. It's just a morality issue. Yeah, uh, I, but, I was worried you were going there. So, But I would like to remind everyone... Would like to remind everyone: this happened in the year 2021, not 
nine, not 19 anything. I can't believe this is still a problem we have to deal with where denouncing Nazis might offend somebody. <laughs> uh, Intel. We've talked a lot about AMD being much better than Intel lately, even going so far as to say they're kicking Intel's ass. Intel is yeah, getting a okay. new CEO. So, What does that mean for me? Good luck. Yeah. Hopefully it means that they're going to restructure their pricing. Developer? No. Okay. Eric, I alluded to something coming in the mail soon. You, you, you haven't asked me what that was yet. I was so happy with the last time I didn't ask you what that charge was to, to Harry Mack. I was so happy. To <laughs> <laughs> okay, you might be less you might be less happy now then. <laughs> you you you've set that bar pretty high there, John. What do you what do you got coming in the mail? Oh, speaking of in the mail. Look what we got in the mail. Yeah. We got we we talked about sponsoring people on uh, GitHub. Uh, yeah, Derek sent me some stickers. Yeah, I think I got. I don't know if I still have it. He sent him when we sponsored him on Patreon too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I have to sponsor so, him. It, it it was a it was a, <laughs> it was a couple of months ago. I think it where we talked about something on the show, and I went and paid for said thing on the show, and then realized Uh-oh. the other day. Realized the other day. I know what it is. Yeah. Realized the other day we haven't got said thing. So I reached out to him like, uh, what's going on here? Like, I started really being concerned because I'm seeing on other websites that the Raspberry Pi 400, the keyboard, I think that's what mm-hmm. it is, was available. And I'm like, I paid for this, and you're still saying it's not available. What's what's the deal here? And of course, I emailed them saying, hey, what's going on? They wait a couple of days, and I was like, oh, sorry for the de- delay. It looks like it was shipped out yesterday. <laughs> Like, every time, did you, every you time, only shipped it because I said something. I was like, me, me, they just threw it down to the shipping department after they got your email. It's like, oh, I missed this somehow. I've been at a company that did fulfillment where we had limited stock and sold more than we had, and basically said, don't ship anything until people start emailing asking where their shipment is. <laughs> I. Uh, I I literally run a ras- Raspberry Pi all the time now. So this this little guy right here has a Couch DB server on it that's syncing up with other Couch DB servers. First off, until you drop it, it. also has a, it also has a copy of all my repos on here. This is the guy that when I travel, I will hook up to my iPad. So I'll I'll, I'll sync up whatever repos I'm working on with this and hook it up to my iPad and I, I work off this Raspberry Pi through my iPad. Um, these are handy things. I even have some, I even have some Raspberry Zeros here that I, I was doing, uh, I was testing the, um, that, that, uh, that proxy, that firewall. Uh, what the, uh, pie hole. Uh, I, I put together a pie hole, uh, zero for my, for my mom's place because she clicks on every link that pops up on her, in her computer. And, uh, I was going to install it, but, as I was doing some testing, like there was some weird stuff happening to like the television and Hulu and things like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I don't want to provide support. Exactly. <laughs> She's going to call me. I need to, uh, I need to put a VPN on it. If I can get a VPN running on it, which I can, uh, I, and I can connect to it. Uh, I might, I might go ahead and install it, but haven't, haven't installed the zero yet. Uh, but those are, I mean, they're handy little devices to have around. But yes, I'm very excited about the keyboard. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but very excited about it. Well, I'm, we I'm have more showing the kids stuff. We have more right. from Raspberry Pi now. What do we have now? So, for those who don't know about the thing we've been talking about, the Raspberry Pi is a 
complete functional computer on a single board. Um, it's got Ethernet, HDMI, memory, uh, processor, graphics, Wi-Fi. power, yeah. Uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's got everything you need, and you can load up uh, various flavors of, of Linux and custom operating systems on it, and it's got some nice I.O. options. Raspberry Pi has just announced the Pi Pico and the RP2040. As opposed to being a complete system... This is a microprocessor board. Uh, this so it's, is it's closer to like a, a, a Arduino. 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 Is it it is yes. So this is essentially the same as an Arduino. Uh, it's a microcontroller board. Uh, I believe it's four dollars. Yeah, four dollars. Uh, they've got various versions of these as dev kits with various inputs and outputs. Uh, Various, you know, breadboard layouts, power options, things like that. Um, but essentially, it is a microcontroller that runs the the Python language, the Raspberry Pi specific version of Python. Uh, it's got. I don't think there's anything specific about it. I think it's just Python. What's their compiler for Python? Uh, right. uh, so you can compile to this new microcontroller. And you get all the same sort of functionality of the I.O. ports that you would have on a Raspberry Pi, but it is running a single microcontroller application instead of running an operating system or something like that. Uh, so it's a very cool MicroPython. That's what it's called. It's a, a very cool little thing that uh, I, I wouldn't even begin to know how to use, honestly. Um, <laughs> this is this is the thing I, I so badly want to get into this. These little these little controllers and putting together little systems. I, I watch these videos all the time. Uh, yeah. But I have no I I'm idea shy. I can see someone who like they make a pumpkin that shows them what the, the number of emails they have uh in their inbox and I'm like, that's interesting. And they're like, Yeah, I spent a weekend on it. And I'm like, Cool, now that you've done that, it's been done. I don't know what I would do. Well, you, you know, I, I have I have my little hobby of aquaponics, and I have my little my little beta aquaponic systems that running now that that have been just been doing fantastic, and I'm ready to scale up, and that's where I want to start getting uh, start using some of these little controllers to do little tasks like monitor the quality of water, feed the fish, so that the fish you know continue to get fed without yeah I want as little. I want to have to do as little as possible, but I want to do all the geeky stuff to it. And uh, I, I I feel like I, you know, like I see people doing it all the time. Um, I, uh, that Adafruit has a, a YouTube channel and I'm always watching, watching them put together these little trinkets. I could do that. I could do that all day. I, I, I'm a tinkerer, yeah. man. I, oh, I, tinker. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I could totally do it all day. I just wouldn't. I know me. And and the fact that they make it $4 is just sort of rubbing my face in it. Because they're like, because they basically say, listen, this is not a financial or availability issue. You just don't know what to do. This is, this is a 100% of you problem. You could buy 10 of these today and you just have 10 of they them. Just want to would, make, they just want to make you feel bad. Right, they do. Let me ask. Let me ask you. Are you? Are you have? Do you still use your three D printer? I don't even have my three D printer anymore. I've been oh, watching so many of videos and wanting to get one again. I, I like, want to get one. Buying I, one. I want to 
freaking laser cu- those cutters they have out now, or which it, which looks so damn cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So the 3D printer thing that turned into a more effort to maintain than worth it issue because the one that I had was at the time one hundred and eighty dollars. And that was a while ago. The ones I could get now for $180, $200 would be so much easier to deal with that continuing to use the one I had was just too much of a pain in the ass. Um, mm. It was made yeah. from really fragile acrylic cutouts. It, it, it had bed leveling problems. It had heating problems. I had set it up to do auto bed leveling, which worked if you had it tuned perfectly. Because the, the problem with setting up auto bed leveling on something that isn't initially designed for it is you end up spending as much time tweaking the auto bed leveling to be correct than the the bed leveling you did normally anyways. Right. From what I've seen, bed leveling, leveling isn't that hard. Okay, that's not true. It is the biggest pain in the ass you'll have to deal with. You, you put a little piece of paper under there. You, you no. turn a couple of screws and you try it in all four corners. Try you, it again, yeah. try it again. Yes, that takes hours. And if you once you have it leveled, if you breathe on it wrong, it's no longer level. That's why I have a, a clean room over next door. But you have to Nobody's remove. <laughs> you have to remove the print from the surface. That's- which means literally prying it off of the bed. Which means That's every right. time you we every need time all, you print, we you need have to relevel again, John, so we can get these toys and they can be safe. So the new the new 3D printers, the new low end 3D printers, look pretty nice. I might actually end up getting one soon. We'll have to see. But no, the the no. old one the old one I have was like a uh, is like building a go kart at home out of an old weed eater. My, my YouTube feed is like full of 3D video 3D printer videos now. It's- like so close. I've been talking. I, like, I got a couple of people that I know that have them that swear by them. Actually, you know, one that uses it really? often. One that just got one is waiting for it to be delivered. Mine is my YouTube feed uh, is still full of 3D printing videos, despite the fact that I haven't printed anything in at least a year. So, mm. moving on. Uh, you gotta be like, are we up. like three hours into the show now? No. You know, I might have to save our our last our last. Uh, conflict article for next week but i'll give it to you guys just to to read up on it but last week eric you were saying we were talking about how cool it was to have an actual tech guy in charge of the tech stuff at the white house still looking to get in touch with them if, if anybody uh if anybody has even any avenues to get in touch with what was his name david or what was his name his name was david recordon and again, shout out to Dimitri who uh, who did a hard push on that for me. I appreciate that. Yes, yes, Thomas uh, David Recorden is the open source developer who is now the White House Director of Technology. So I'm not going to say that this is his doing, but okay. I'd like you to I'd like you to take a look at the feed. This is the current new WhiteHouse.gov website. I can't see the feed. Your thing is in front. There we go. Okay. You see, there's, is it WordPress? There's an interesting button here. There's a couple interesting, like, looks like little accessibility buttons. And if I go ahead and click on that, dark mode. Dark mode, dark mode for the you... whitehouse.gov website. <laughs> Everything's dark mode now, though. That doesn't surprise me. But this happened the day of the transition. Somebody somewhere said, hey, you know what's important for, for, for websites? Dark mode. <laughs> what's the other button? Is that just text size? Uh, I believe that that is a a large size font for the purposes of readability. What is that? That's just WhiteHouse.gov. 
Yeah. Because you didn't put it in, uh, what you call it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, he did. He has oh, that's the White House Goes Dark article. Oh, I gotcha. Yes. Okay. So that's it. You guys, are, are, you, are, you, are you tired? Are we? I feel like this is, I, I bet you they use Livewire here. <laughs> this, this, this looks very Livewire-ish. I'm just saying. I think they use Livewire and, and Tailwind here. And they're doing event sourcing and unit testing, too. It's, it's awesome. Oh, we didn't get into your, what is with you and tweeting about testing now, John? I'm so happy to see you tweeting. I actually get little notifications when you tweet because I don't want to miss one of your tweets. But you, you've just been on a tweeting storm lately, haven't it's, you? When I, when, I, when I get back into it, that's the problem. I follow too many people and then I get overwhelmed with the, the backlog of crap to read and then I just stop watching it for a while. And I also feel like I have nothing to say, so I never say anything. Uh, mm. But I, I have this feeling all the time when I'm actually working on a, a especially new code where I can do unit testing from the start. It's amazing. And I've been working on a lot of event sourcing stuff in the past week, like I mentioned. And today I'm looking at my code coverage and realizing I'm missing something so I complete that. And then while doing all this, uh, tweaking my tests, I realize, oh, I missed something in the code because as soon as I go to test for it, I'm like, wait, that shouldn't be passing because I pasted a test. I, I have I had a connected and a disconnected state and I pasted the test from disconnected into connected and it still worked. I'm like, uh, no, it was supposed to fail. <laughs> That's not supposed to work. So because... I was testing more. I realized my my code wasn't right, even though my tests were passing previously. So knowing what to test is as important as just testing the lines in general. Mm. If that if that makes any sense. Yep, very much so. So it just made me excited excited again. I want to go out on this tweet. By thanking our patrons. Thank you. I'd like to start oh, by thanking our patrons. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm I'm on builtwith.com looking up whitehouse.gov, and it does say that they're using PHP. Just going to put, point that out there. Uh, Drupal. It says Drupal. Oh, that's old. That's 2015. Oh, this is in, this is in some date order. Huh. Go ahead. Thank um, you to our Patreons. Thank you, Patreons. Really should look at that and see if anybody else has signed up recently. I, uh, yeah. Not not looking at that right now, but yes, thank you, Patreons. We appreciate you. I'd like you to move over sponsors. to one last one last article that I happened upon. Um, I would almost call it insane PHP drama. There's an article that was posted on Reddit called A Perfect Storm, which was a criticism of the PHP 8 release on various fronts that I found a very confusing perspective for someone to have. And I'm not the only one. Someone actually posted a response article called A Storm in a Glass. Uh, and they they sort of took apart A Storm in a Glass of Water. They sort of took apart a lot of the arguments. I, I recommend uh, our viewers, if they're interested in this, to look it up uh, about the PHP development cycle and what it means to end users. I don't quite understand the arguments from both sides well enough yet. Um but I want to I want to summarize it with this tweet. Uh, the original article critiquing PHP eight responded to the author of the response article saying, "Unfortunately, the article is rooted in a misconception that PHP users are by definition developers. This premise is fundamentally incorrect, 
And when that premise is taken away, there's nothing left of the article. The response was, I'd argue that a programming language should focus its design on developers. Non-technical users shouldn't shape the language. (laughs) The initial author says, I agree, but some consideration for the fact that a large part of your user base is non-technical users, plus that the devs of projects used by these will need to allow for them and will need to provide support for older PHP versions for much longer than you or they would like. Should. Backwards compatible breaks are to be expected, but breaks just because you can live without considering the effects are unwarranted. Uh, So for some context, the person who is upset about the backwards compatible breaks is an open source developer, Juliet, whose open source credits are mostly WordPress things. The critique was written by Brent, who is a programmer at Spady. Oh really? So if you want to see, so if you want to see a real conflict of opinions on what PHP fundamentally is, this is a really weird place to start because I I absolutely do not understand the position that most PHP users are not developers. I think that's insane. I could see that being applied to Excel where most Excel users are not Excel developers. But PHP, man, it's a programming language. I don't, I don't know, but we're, we're, in, we're at a different level of it, though, right? Uh, I, I guess. Mean, that's my problem here is I cannot, I cannot conceive of a PHP user who is, is at risk of these backwards compatibility breaks. Totally and has can. the right to like blame anybody. We need to totally well, can. Well, I, I can I can see self-taught, poor practicing PHP developers coming in and and finding a tutorial from 2016, 2012 PHP, you know, five two five three, and coding that way. And and in today's PHP world, they wouldn't be able to survive, right? Because, you know, half their code wouldn't run on a modern PHP framework. And even today, you know, you, you, you get as, this, as the, the language is changing so quickly and we are getting more of a true programming paradox in PHP, you still, we, we're still a, a low bar of entry for people to get in and, and get started with coding. People who don't really understand design patterns, workflows, the way things are done, best practices, testing. But you're still a you're together. still a developer. If you're going to try and be a developer, try and be a developer. I mean, then, then then what does the word developer mean, right? If you if 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 you still if you still consider that a developer, and I'm but, not I'm not trying I, I'm not trying to get on the high horse saying we're holier than thou. But like you know, if if I go change the oil in my truck. I'm not a mechanic. I don't consider myself a mechanic. If, if I if I put up a you know a shelf in my house, I don't consider myself a carpenter. So if if I come in, I don't know anything about PHP. I don't really care about the language. I don't follow the language, but I hack together some code. But the difference difference slash similarity. So it's going to seem weird. You're going to go look at tutorials on how to do that. If you go to work on your truck, you're not going to go look for a 37 Chevy. You're going to look for the car you have. So if I'm going to work on a PHP, if I'm going to learn PHP, I'm going to look for the version I have and try and code against that. And if you don't know enough to look to know what version you have, 
you have a lot bigger problem on your hand. And this isn't a PHP thing. You're going to have that with any language that evolves, well, right? That's true. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the complaints on this stuff were about how upgrading PHP versions every year was too much and I had to hold back my own wrist from <laughs> commenting about that. Well, but the the response to that was actually the major version has been four years now. It's been four years between seven and eight. You're not upgrading every year with breaking changes. Seven has been backwards compatible safe for four years. That's quite a long time. And PHP 7.4 is going to get security support for the next two years. So that's a six years worth of functionality out of a language, uh, 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 out of a, a, a specific backwards compatible functional language. That's really good. And upgrading to 8 might not be mandatory, but there's a lot of complaints about losing security support after next year. And I can understand that, but then don't back it up by saying, well, there's still servers that are running 5.4. Because then you're saying, well... People don't care about security updates because they haven't gotten them for six years anyways. And, and I think that that's what starts to differentiate us between that. that that's why I, I cautioned saying that, assuming that everybody's like uh, passionate about the development language, following it closely, wanting it to move forward. If you are, especially if you're in the world uh, WordPress ecosystem, I mean, their whole thing was this, this thing was backwards compatible you know, back to the stone freaking ages. You know, so where we're at in PHP today is a painful process for some people. Um, I know, you know, I, I, I've even talked about, it seems like every week you're either up upgrading PHP, you're upgrading Laravel, you're upgrading Vue, you're upgrading, I mean, there's constantly this 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 flow of, of upgrading. But yeah, I mean, to John's point, I think to a point you were making as well, Thomas, is this is not a PHP thing. I mean, this is a, and this is what diff, to me differentiates a developer from somebody hacking together some code. Is if you're a developer, you you understand these ecosystems. You understand what it takes to to stay current, to stay secure, to stay absolutely secure code running. And I guess that was more to the point I was making is just because you you create a PHP script or a PHP website, you're not a developer yet. You know you you have to understand. You have to. There's a lot of aspects to being a developer, just like there's a lot of aspects to being enterprise. You can't just say you're you're a developer. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, but I think this is a good point. This is a, this is a good spot to wrap up. Yeah, I'd like you guys to. I'd like you guys to read the articles. They'll be in the. Uh, they'll be in the show notes. Uh, they are. It, they are frustrating, intellectually frustrating reads because the arguments are very circular. So be forewarned. Um, any topic? Any topics for next week? I, I, I think. I think people like to hear what we're going to talk about. Topics for me. I was going to hold that as the as the topic for next week is 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 what is our what is our high horse? We we are all three of us are no all all three of us are expert PHP developers. What does the PHP ecosystem actually look like to to the massive you know majority of the internet? So I will I will come in bringing statistics about currently currently used versions and who's using them and why and what WordPress is doing and what Drupal is doing and all that stuff. Yep. And, sounds good. And, okay. And st and tune in next week because Thomas is going to talk about Pornhub. What? I am going to talk about Pornhub. 
boy, leaders, <laughs> leaders of the industry in air quotes. There you go. There you go. Uh, and I also, okay, I will it. have new lighting in the in the office, which will be nice. Thanks, thanks again to our Patreons who sponsor us, who support us. We we do appreciate that. Uh, even I talked about how we're not really a, a sponsored uh, website. You are our sponsors. That that's how I I like it. Just showing your appreciation is enough sponsorship for for me. Um, but that's it. Two hundred and twenty. Man, we've done this show a long time. Is in the books. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host named Thomas cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this cause the people love me, shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying, it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.